You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast application for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and now Major League Baseball and also fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for FanRagSports.com. I'm joined by a panel of basketball and Hornets and NBA rookie experts. First from the mean streets of Cotswold, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Good morning, gentlemen. The Hornets are still winning and we're still out here talking about it. And he's on the show again, trying to set a a season record here for show appearances. He also appeared at the Hornets game last night, so he has a lot of thoughts. I know not at Edwards. What's going on, party people? Um, I, I like the music selections last night. Le- music selections last night at uh, Spectrum were great. Parking, not so much, though. What, what Now, what music selection in particular made you say that? Um, they, they added some they added some big crit to the lineup. They also added the uh, new intro song because they rotated in and out. It was Motorsport for a little bit. Then it was Cardi B for, for a little bit. So... I'm I'm enjoying all the this nice little eclectic mix of stuff. They need to do something with more of the in-game music, but outside of that, I'm, I couldn't be happier. Well, they did make a change recently. They went from uh, the, the when they bring the ball up, they went from the standard bum 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 to the Migos, uh, the the newest Migos song. Wow, that's quite a jump. That is that is a that's quite a transition. Jump. All right. Well, speaking of transitions, we've got a great show ahead. A transition to that show. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) 10 for the dismount. Uh, We're going to talk about this Bulls game. Hornets win 118-103. Five-game winning streak for the Hornets as they prepare for a tough road trip ahead. Uh, But they sustained a few injuries. We'll update you on all of that. Plus, a Hornets legend is retiring after the season. We'll have our thoughts on that. And LeBron James says the league is protecting jump shooters over drivers. And we had a little bit of an issue in the Bulls game that that made me think of that. So we'll get to that as well later in the show. But first, we have to talk about a very important subject. David, you are, you are in the midst of moving. Uh, it's part of the reason why we didn't do a show yesterday, because... We were, well, it's not your fault. It's my fault because <laughs> no, it sounded like Doug. Well, I know. I th- that's how I set it up, and I did that on purpose because I, I hope that people just all remember right. that it's your fault. But I will say there. that I was going to do an episode yeah, throw, of so- throw David all over under the bus. Now that's not that's my stop, Doug. Well, so I was you know, I was going to do an episode yesterday morning solo, and then I had some technical difficulties, and then I technically ran out of time to do an episode. But we're here now, and that's important. But David, you are moving. How is it going? Don't do it, guys. Uh, it's not worth it. Uh, whatever your issue is in your current place, you can figure it out. There's no need to move. Change is bad. That's my advice. <laughs> Just stay where you are. Stay as long as you can. Nada. David told me yesterday he is in phase one of moving. All, phase all, one. Right. All of my moves in the history of my moves have been phase one. 
Exactly. There, there's never more than about two, like two phases tops. No, no, no. One phase. Where no, no, you put the stuff no. in the truck one, and then you move, move the stuff to the next. But what is phase one? Phase, phase one, one is, is packing everything. Phase oh one is God. absolutely packing everything. Then phase two is you move stuff to new place. There's exactly. two phases to this. There's it's two phases. Two, easily two phases, Doug. Right now I'm homeless. Uh, my family and I are experiencing like if you go to Disney World and you stay in a hotel, except here there's no Disney World. There's no happiness. There's just the hotel and my family. <laughs> so we are in the middle waiting for phase two, which will be moving into the new place. Hasn't happened yet. So keep your fingers crossed. We'll, I'll keep you posted. Good bring Lord, on man. phase two. Yes, bring on phase two, please. All right, let's talk about <laughs> Let's go to phase two of this show. The Hornets playing the Bulls last night in Charlotte. They get the win 118 to 103. Starters got things going early despite MKG leaving with a hamstring strain in the first quarter. Dwight Howard would also leave in the first half with what they were calling a back strain. But the bench lost the lead late in the first quarter and kept losing it into the second. An 18-2 Bulls run put the Bugs in an early hole, but Frank Kaminsky helped calm things down. He had eight points in the second quarter on three of four shooting and two triples. Hornets respond with an 18-8 run to retake the lead. It was all knotted at 51 at the half. Second half, Dwight Howard returns to the court in the big in a big way. 7 of 8 from the field for 18 big ones in the third quarter. That was half of the Hornets' 36 points in the frame. Final quarter, the bench steps up and makes, a, makes up for a per, poor first half. Jeremy Lamb and Trevion Graham knock down threes. Kimball Walker helped put things away. The Hornets win. David, your thoughts on five in a row for the Hornets, uh, despite suffering a few injuries. I didn't even include Cody Zeller, who did not return to the game as well with a sore left knee. Yeah, I mean, how long do we really think this could go on? Is is the win streak longer than the streak of having no one injured? Yes. That's what I thought. I mean, that's just not, not great. Hopefully they get some of these guys back, but... I mean, the reason this win in particular was big because you're going to Boston uh, right after it, and that's certainly a more daunting task than they've had up until now. So they've done what they needed to do so far. Hopefully some of these guys can stay healthy. But, you know, when they rely on Kimball Walker and Dwight Howard and they play as they have all year, then then they're going to have a chance. Um, and, and thank God they finally beat the Bulls. Look, if they go on this entire season keeping on losing to the Chicago Bulls, even with Zach Levine, I love Zach Levine. I would love to have seen him at All-Star Weekend. Uh, that would not have voted well for the rest of, of the season. So thank God they got a win. Nada. Honestly, it, it, again, thank God they got a win because for, for a long, for a little bit of time, I was thinking they're going to blow this game and then we can officially like kill whatever chances we had at the playoffs dead. Even though, and despite the fact that we learned why Willie Hernan Gomez doesn't play more. We learned a lot about the worth of the bench if Cody goes down again, which we had already we, – well, we relearned it. And we had learned that Michael Carter-Williams should not be shooting corner threes anymore. I mean, for Dwight Howard to have the third quarter that he had was pretty advanced. Pretty advanced, I'd say. And um, pretty awesome to watch him score 16 in the third quarter, essentially carry them – take a little bit of the load off of Kemba. And, I mean, this is a good win. You beat a bad team. It took a little bit longer than it probably needed to happen. But it was a pretty – it's a good win. And on to Boston now. 
Michael Carter-Williams, 1 of 11 from the field in 14 minutes of action. 0 of 6 from beyond the arc. Uh, the oh. only players to take more three-point attempts than Michael Carter-Williams in this game for the Hornets were Kemba Walker. Oh, that's it. No, because, yeah, Nick Batum was 1 of 6 from the field, so he wasn't shooting great uh -oh. in this one either. 10 points, but he added 7 rebounds and 12 assists. He actually had a double-double mm. in this one. Uh, but, yeah, Michael Carter-Williams, 0 of 6 from beyond the arc. I mean, he's he's obviously trying to – Is he in phase to... 1 of moving? Is he moving right now? <laughs> I think he's closer to phase 1 and a half. <laughs> yeah, he's moving. He after the season. He's moving down the rotation for sure, um, and and he seems to. It, it, it. We thought he had some offensive confidence there, and now it looks like he's he's kind of going backwards. Unfortunately for the Hornets and Nick Batum, his shooting has been weird. I, I was looking up in February. He's actually shooting thirty nine percent from three. That's a good number. But when you look game to game, you get nights like tonight where he was one of six, couldn't find the cup. And then you have uh, other games, let's see, like Detroit uh, just a few nights ago when he was four of seven from beyond the arc. And then he started off February with a game against Indiana where he was seven of 11 from three. But then he has nights uh, like last night. And then against Portland, he was one of eight. Utah, one of three. Uh, Toronto 0 of 2, Washington 1 of 5. So he's he's sort of fluctuating in between a great shooting night and a poor shooting night. It's it's very interesting from yeah. him. But overall, the Horn is shooting very well from three. Right now, the past five games, they are shooting 45% from three. That's tops in the league. That's above the Golden State Warriors at 44.6, and then behind them, the Sacramento Kings at 40.7. So the Hornets are have just found their shooting groove, and that coupled with Dwight Howard's absolute dominance on both ends of the floor in that third quarter uh, helped them get the victory. What was going on with Howard there? So he left in the first half. And it was like a back – like you said, apparently with Stephanie Reddy, he said that he popped a rib, which sounds Whoa. really – really painful. That's what he said after the game. He said, well, I think one of my ribs had popped out a little bit. No. That... I'm not playing with a pop rib. He said, period. so I just went to the back and I got it straightened out. I did some push-ups and then I came back out here to play. So he got it straightened out. They straight. This sounds like a game of operation. They straightened the yes, rib out. Sounds like, sounds like an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> he did some push-ups. Now you know I'm I, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there. I'm not a doctor. But that that sounds uh, that doesn't sound like a complete remedy. There may be a missing piece there. <laughs> but whatever whatever they did, He's a professional. Whatever they did to Dwight's back, give me some. Give like, me like, on, like quite frankly, the the scary part is like I did some push-ups and then it, it went back to normal. I'm like no no, no. that's Again, not how not many issues that. I'm not going to put new push-ups for, and then it's going to be magically fixed. Uh -uh. <laughs> I broke my leg. Uh, a car ran over my foot. I did some push-ups, and I got back to work. Uh, but Dwight did, and we didn't hear about it, and then he, he wasn't out there for the initial halftime warm-ups, but then uh, he, he comes back out right in the nick of time and just starts absolutely dominating. Now the question is, how will he feel this morning? as the Hornets get prepared to play the Boston Celtics tonight, tip off at 7.30 Eastern. Will he feel good enough to go? MKG, that was a hamstring strain. 
pretty much guaranteed he won't be there tonight. I think yeah. we can yeah, we can pretty safely say that. So the question for Steve Clifford, he was asked after the game, what do you do with that lineup? Do you start Trevion Graham? Do you start Jeremy Lamb? He even mentioned possibly starting Dwayne Bacon. So I'll throw it to you guys, David. What do you Stop think it. they should do with the <laughs> – Plotting what do you think they? He there. would troll. Why, that would troll why? the Malik Monk fans at that point, right? <laughs> yeah, he knows who's listening. Why, why would he do that? Uh, <laughs> well, that's bad because obviously it's bad when you lose MKG, but especially against Boston with all those wing guys and those guys that can uh, you know dribble and, and find their way to the basket. I mean, it feels like you would go Graham just to keep the uh, the Lamb Kaminsky bench unit intact and try and preserve some of that. I mean, that would be my guess. But uh, it would be kind of funny, actually, if he put Bacon out there. I would get a chuckle out of that. No. And I hope that I hope he doesn't put Bacon out there. Bacon's <laughs> confidence might be even more fried. When's the it, last time we saw uh, Mr. Bacon? It's been a while. Well, and not well. He's been out there in, in garbage time over the past couple of games, uh, as yeah. has Malik Monk. But the last time we saw him in serious competition, yes, it's been it's been quite a while. December. Earlier than that, maybe even November. Uh, one guy that did get some meaningful minutes in this game because of all of the injuries is Billy Hernan Gomez. I got a confirmation on that. It's Billy. Billy Willie. It's not Billy. It's not Willie. It is Billy. I think it used to be Willie, but now it's Billy. Billy Hernan Gomez out there for the Hornets. He was, of course, acquired right before the trade deadline in exchange for Johnny O'Brien and two second-round draft picks. Either of you gentlemen want to offer a thought on his play? Yeah, I see why he doesn't play. I, I saw why he doesn't play early. And I, I like Billy. I think he's going to be good here. There's just some time to adjust to a new situation. And despite the fact that Cody's probably going to be out, um, I get uh, he's going to get some more time to get acclimated tonight. Maybe check and see if he's got all his ribs intact or they haven't popped out or, or something like that. But um, Yeah, he'll do some push-ups. Weird moment in this game. I believe it was in the third quarter. Dwight Howard uh, gets a touch foul against a uh, against Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn going up for the mid-range jump shot. Dwight Howard, I guess, tapping him somewhere on the arm and getting the foul call. Then on the other end of the floor, uh, Dwight goes for a dunk and is pushed by Zach Levine, but the call stays on the floor. They They don't call the shooting foul, even though he had clearly – Started his lift off, and yeah. and and began began the process of dunking it. So that should have been a shooting foul. Coach the coach Clifford very upset. Fans very upset. I'm sure I didn't watch the television call, but I'm sure they were just as dumbfounded by it. Um, yeah, they showed it several times. I feel like if you take away a highlight like that, because that was a nice uh, dunk and and alley oop. There's there's got to be some sort of punitive uh you know measures taken on the rest if you take away that highlight because it was a nice it made no sense i mean to answer your question it should have been a, a, a shooting foul well here's my other question does this uh provide evidence does this provide ammunition to lebron james who uh is under the microscope for saying that the league and the officials are protecting jump shooters over drivers uh, he said this uh, after a game in which he had 12 drives to the rim and uh, I believe two free throw attempts. He was very frustrated with getting non-calls 
and uh, criticizing the officiating, essentially saying the game is now about protecting those precious jump shooters and driving to the basket. <laughs> you can't get a foul call. Nada. He, he's not wrong. Okay, he's good. Wrong. That's what we wanted there. He's not wrong. Um, I think it also, I think it's a very recent trend. I do think that when you have a situation with what would happen to Kawhi Leonard last year in the conference finals, yeah, I think you have to almost protect them because they're in much more of a precarious state or basically they're in a little bit more danger. A lot of things can go out of control, especially with ankles sliding everywhere. Thank you, Zaza Pachulia. Um, and a, a whole lot of other stuff. You have a lot of different ways that you can get hurt on a jumper. Something can go wrong on the driver. You're kind of in control until the time you leave your feet. And that's the big difference. I do think that they do need to call it 50 50, but I understand why the emphasis on protecting the jump shooter is going on right now. I'm glad that that, that little conference they had over all-star weekend really paid off between the players and the refs. Yeah, you mean the one where only two people showed up? Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wrote that down as well. So the NBA created this forum for players like a LeBron James to air their grievances to and about the officials and have a conversation. And as Nada just said, only two players, Spencer Dinwiddie and Andre Iguodala, showed up to the dance. Well, he is the skills challenge champion, so that does well, he has say to, something. He has to represent, but th- that's my that's my issue. It's not with Le- LeBron James saying this because I I agree. Look, they've always had a difficult time throughout the history of the league officiating players who are strong and powerful and play around the rim. Like, no, they can't officiate Shaq. They really can't officiate Dwight Howard, which is why I bring this up, because there is you, – you saw the discrepancy. These, these possessions were back-to-back. Dwight Howard getting the touch foul on a Chris Dunn jump shot, and, and then Dwight Howard getting the call, but getting the call on the floor as he goes up. And, and we've seen Dwight Howard get hacked all over the place as he goes up uh, for shots. And, and some of them are legitimate – uh, bad moves by Dwight turning the ball over, but some of these are just him getting swatted on the arm and not getting the call. Uh, so I, I don't have a problem with LeBron James and his theory. What I have a problem with is airing those grievances out to the media and then not showing up for the meeting, not showing up for the discussion with the officials to try to hammer out some of these issues that they're having that's leading to players like LeBron James running up on officials in – and what I think they're perceiving as an aggressive manner. I, and, I, and it's one of those things I do worry about where, again, if you, you don't show up to these kind of meetings, now it, it sets just a horrible precedent going forward in terms of creating some sort of peace because, as we've seen, it's gotten really bad between refs and the players right now. And the fact that he didn't show, Dwayne Wade didn't show, um, a lot of, like, basically none of the fr- – head office of the NBA uh, of the uh, NBA players association showed up. Where was Chris Paul? Well, he wasn't, that's what I was going to say. Chris Paul, I don't, I guess he was out there. I can't remember. He wasn't an all-star. Obviously maybe he would have been elected, but he's in the building. Right. But you're, you are, you're one of the league's top stars. You are the top representative uh, for the players by a player. You got to be in that meeting. I mean, there was no meeting. (laughs) Without those guys, there is no meeting. It's a conference. 
Yeah. I mean, is this like some positioning for, I don't know, future labor discussions or something? Because, I mean, how many times can these guys get together, either in the offseason or at All-Star Weekend? And they basically blew this one off. So they're sending some sort of message. And by continuing to, to complain and to talk about this, it's going to be interesting as they go into the playoffs um, how it's handled. But they got to do something about it. I, I mean, I'm kind of sur- surprised Silver hasn't stepped up more than he has to this point because this is like a legit storyline right now in the NBA and that is not what they want when everything else is seems to be going the right way as far as perception and popularity last thing you want is some disagreement between the players and the only other people that are on the floor with them during a game right it's not a good look it's not also not a good look especially when you're trying to legalize gambling and get one percent of the cut that's the other yeah let's do that so I looked. Uh, I want to go to the local angle here. I looked up Kimball Walker's stats on drives to see, you know, is he driving more? Is he getting more free throws on drive? So right now, Kimball Walker, 18th in the league in drives per game at 12.1. He has uh, he's averaging two free throws per game on drives. That's 12th in the league. LeBron actually top 10 in that category in ninth place. Compare that to last year. He was only getting 1.4 free throws per game on drives. That was good for 29th. LeBron was 12th. So despite LeBron overall getting less free throw attempts per game, he's still averaging uh, better uh, a better average on free throws per, uh, per game on drives than he was last season. Uh, overall free throw differ- uh, differential, 1.1 more free throw attempts per game for Kemba Walker. It accounts for 20.8% of points on free throws versus 16.6 last season. So Kimball Walker getting a little bit more respect from officials. He has a little less beef uh, with the officials than LeBron as James. He should. I mean, as he should get more respect. But you know what? This is a, I think this is a legit problem. The night after LeBron complains about this, you would normally expect to see him go to the line at least like 10 or 12 times a game. You know how many free throws he shot last night? How many? Three. And he made them all. So good job, hundred percent. Well, and and I think that's part of the problem. You're you're not look. You're going to communicate these things through the media. You're going to try like to that, try to right? undercut. Yeah, you're going to, going to try to undercut the credibility of the league and undercut the credibility of the officials via the meeting or via the media and right. not show and up for it- the meeting. Yeah, isn't that the biggest issue here? They feel like they've been showing them up. Both sides feel like the other is showing it up on the court, right? Like, the, yeah, there's a, new, there's a new crop of officials. I mean, some of the reporting that I've heard, like the younger crop of officials, maybe trying to uh, stake their claim or, or show that they won't be pushed around, and and it goes the same way to the players who obviously feel like they are the show, which they are. <laughs> Hello, uh, but I think that's the issue, right? That, that eat, both side feels like the other side is trying to show them up on a on a night, not even a nightly basis, like a play to play basis, like every call it seems like it is getting some beef and that, and remember you still, they still, the refs still have to get critiqued in that last two minute report, which I thought would have gone away by now because it yeah. doesn't help anybody. Right. News from the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets announced yesterday that Steve Martin, longtime broadcaster for the Charlotte Hornets will retire after this season, after 30 years of broadcasting NBA basketball This season, he's been on the radio call with Matt Carroll. He's also done TV broadcasting for the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats. David, Steve Martin, what has he meant to you as a Charlotte Hornets fan and someone who covers the team? 
with all due respect to everyone else that has broadcast the game, I mean, to me, he is the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, just going back to their inception and being here through their run. It's fun to catch him. And I suggest if you haven't done this, just, just pull up the radio broadcast for some of these few final games over the last stretch. It's it's an it's a different take. <laughs> it's certainly a different style than Eric Collins, but uh, they're both great, and I enjoy them. It's just fun to listen to Steve and Matt Carroll do the game on the radio. There, there's a few more. I don't know. There's a few more liberties or a few more subtle uh, hints of humor you can take on the radio that, that that you can't take on on TV. I feel like, and and Steve's been a legend here, and I think they're gonna you know, share memories from him for, you know, from his time here over the last part of the season. So that'll be fun. But I mean, yeah, I guys, I mean, I think of him as the voice of the Hornets. He's on the sideline yeah. for the opening game in 1988. And he is a wealth of knowledge, not a, on all things. Charlotte Hornets really loves the franchise and, and loves Charlotte. Uh, yeah, he does. He loves the franchise, loves Charlotte. I know that I'm hoping to do a piece on him him at some point within the next nine games, but I want to echo a lot of what. Wait, David is said. he? Wait, I didn't know Steve Martin's an up and coming NBA player. You've been you've <laughs> been hitting them all. Is he hey, going to be hey, rookie hey, of the hey, year? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is I might have just interviewed for the top five for all first team NBA this year, all fo- rookie first team NBA. So you know what? Now, granted, while I'm <laughs> interviewing every up and coming player, at the same time, I might want to diversify my bonds. Just a little bit (laughs) and do Steve Martin on the way out. That's all I'm saying. But more importantly, just to echo what David said, if you even if you're at the game and you want a little soundtrack other than the music, break out the app, listen to listen to his call on the on the radio. Just bring a pair of headphones and that'll be your soundtrack. And I promise you, it'll probably enlighten your experience even more. Yeah, so just getting an opportunity to chat with Steve Martin a little bit this season, and he's been on the show a few times. Uh, He is absolutely a treasure trove of knowledge and has a great perspective of the game. Like, enjoys, he's one of these guys that enjoys the way the game is played now, understands that the game has changed, and also has, can also have viewpoints on the way the game used to be played. There are a lot of guys that have been around as long as Steve Martin has been around that sort of resent the way the game is being played now or reject the way the game is being played now. Uh, but it's it fun. Yeah, but he's a cat that understands like, hey, this is the NBA's always changed. Like it's 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 different. Mm-hmm. It was different in the 80s than it was in the 70s, than it was in the 60s, than it was in the 90s, and it will be different in the 2020s as it is now. You know, you will have Steph Curry lookalikes uh, shooting half court jump shots, and you know that being just a regular thing that people do. I mean, that could be a reality. Like the game is always changing, the game is always morphing, and and he was a guy that un- that understands that. And uh, yeah, <clears throat> Steve Martin is an absolute legend. He was he was the voice of the Hornets for me. I, my favorite crew of all time is uh, is and still is Steve Martin, Mike Jaminski. Loved loved that twosome. They were they were great on the call for the Charlotte Hornets. So, yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> so uh, good luck 
Steve, get some uh, get some rest in retirement, man. Enjoy enjoy basketball. If you can work it every night, it sometimes it can be a grind. So hopefully he can sit back and maybe we'll talk to him again before he rides off into the sunset. Oh, hopefully know. we talk to him before Nada does. That'd be great. We could rub it in his face. We got, we got <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't be rubbing all that in my face. Come on now. All right. Uh, it's been a fun show. Uh, thanks for tuning in here on Locked On Hornets on this Wednesday. Thanks for listening. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Search Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, MLB, and fantasy sports. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, Spotify, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and leave us a review if you can. It helps us uh, get, get out to the people climb up the rankings shoot us uh, your hornets questions to twitter at lockdown hornets Make sure you're following us on instagram as well we're back again tomorrow thanks for, uh, to nada for stopping by appreciate it buddy appreciate it no problem all right for david and nada i'm doug go hornets go america let's swarm charlotte